Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Looking for the perfect First Communion, Confirmation, or RCIA gift? Consider a beautiful, heirloom-quality, made-in-Italy rosary from Ghirelli. A Ghirelli rosary will be prayed with and cherished forever, guaranteed. Shop Ghirelli today. That's G-H-I-R-E-L-L-I dot com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. This is the Padua Podcast Network. She was just so compassionate, so loving, so welcoming, so merciful. And I knew that I was home. And and at the end of it, he, he took my hand. He said, welcome home. Thriving in the Trenches. It's the podcast where you will hear stories from real people with real purpose. All for a God who loves us with a real love. The Trenches, where life isn't always easy, but it is a place for women to be encouraged and equipped to uniquely and universally serve Christ in their feminine vocation. So, together, let's go deeper in our faith in God, in His Church, and in our friendships. You are welcome here. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter. And I am your host. Today's show is uh, one of beauty, one that uh, is just reminds us how God is always there, even when we wander away, even when we are making choices that aren't uh, necessarily good for us. It is a story that reminds us that God gave us Jesus Christ the rock who saves us and that there is redemption for everything and everyone. Kelly Sheehan is the draper for the women's department in the New York City ballet costume shop. How cool of a job is that? She's actually been in New York for 18 years. She's walked through many different trials and conversions. She did convert to the Catholic faith in 2001 and after some time away, she came back home about two years ago. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Kelly, I am so thankful to have you on the podcast today, and I'm excited for you to share your story with all of our listeners and with me. <laughs> so welcome to Thriving in the Trenches. 
Thank you so much, Becky. I'm really, really humbled to be here. Um, I listened to your podcast and it's been such a blessing in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Well, it's really funny how um, I even know you through Instagram, of course, because that's the story of my life, right? All these people I know through Instagram. But you, how did you start following my friend Marie? How did y'all connect? Oh, goodness. I don't even know how that first came about. I really don't remember. I just, I follow a lot of people. I see, I must have done a search for, I don't know, makeup or hairstyles or something mm-hmm. that had to do with, um, with beauty. And I happened upon her and saw she, um, saw her pages and she has some really interesting posts, not just about makeup, but I saw she was a Catholic. And so, um, I really wanted to connect with her. So, I, I started using some of her products and um, got her help tutorials and stuff like that to get me started with them because there's a little bit of a, a learning curve in the, the makeup line that um, that I was using. And uh, we just connected like over Marco Polo's <laughs> and to started chatting more and more about our personal lives. And, you know, when I found she was Catholic and going to Latin mass and all of that, it just really opened the floodgates for me. And I was just like, whoa, let me tell you my story. (laughs) And it was just really exciting to be able to connect with another Catholic woman via Instagram. And I know there are a lot out there and I follow a lot of of Catholic, well, some Mm -hmm. Catholic women on Instagram that um, have really wonderful posts and beautiful photos and they show their families and, um, I don't know where I was going with that, but she was just one of, of those. And to be able to connect with her like face to face pretty much was um, was just such a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. And she she goes to the traditional Latin mass and I, I was having questions about veiling uh, when I go to the Novus Ordo. And uh, so she just encouraged me in that. And so I wear a veil to my daily mass and I think especially now that it's Lent it's it's a wonderful sign um and it's it's very humbling to me to to wear that Mm -hmm. and to be encouraged by her was was just a wonderful thing that's awesome and so we've kept in touch yeah that's so cool yeah I had no idea that um she had that relationship with you but she was over at my house one night as she we two sleepovers she lives an hour away now and so that's really the best way for her daughter and my daughter to hang out and she hangs out and um anyway she must have posted something on instagram and you're like wait a minute i know her (laughs) i follow her podcast it's just so funny how that works and then um i don't know i you know re relaunching the podcast and really wanting to focus on others who have said yes to God and really letting those stories um, permeate into other people. And, and I want, I want my listeners to know that you don't have to be some public quote unquote, I'm going to put that in air quotes. You can't see it, but some, (laughs) uh, some public figure to spread the word of God, to make an impact for the Lord. Our vocations, as I always talk about, is unique, right? 
Your vocation is unique. It's different than mine, but it's beautiful and it's good and it is big. Even though, as Therese Lissu says, in small ways, you see the small way, but that's also a sign of your humility. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But anyway, I just knew that um, I wanted to hear your story and I wanted to share it with others because um, I think some people are going to be able to relate to it and really see the beauty. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I am not a unique flower in this in this regard, but I hope that I can. Yeah, tell my story with truth and um, hopefully connect with some of the women out there. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so can we start at the beginning? Um, your ch- Just your childhood, tell how you received the faith um, and then, you know, just your short journey in that way. Sure, sure. Um, so... Uh, well, I have a twin sister, and so she's she's kind of part of, of that story with me, I guess, um, because we always bounced ideas and had parallel journeys, very much parallel journeys. So I grew up um, in California, Southern California, and my mother took us to a Baptist church um, when I was when we were little, and uh, we moved to San Diego, moved around a little bit, and um, ended up going to a Wesleyan church after a while. Oh, we had we had been baptized in the in the Baptist church. I believe in 1981. So I, we were like 10 years old. Not 9 years old. Yeah, 9 years old. <laughs> uh, both of us on the same day. And it turns out this is funny how fortuitous. It was a feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Oh wow. And I I was Protestant back then, but now it has great significance, my baptism day. When I look back at it, how awesome is that? Yeah, that's like, it was incredible. Like Mother, yeah, it was like Mother Mary knew I was going to be coming. She had her eye on me. She was um, going to bring me into the fold eventually, but I think that was quite auspicious. So, uh, grew up uh, going to the Wesleyan Church later in San Diego and was a pretty, you know, pretty active, but not like super into scripture like some Protestant evangelicals are. Um, and then my sister started dating in college or, yeah, in college. My sister started dating a Catholic guy who was really strong in his faith. And sh- my sister and he would have debates. And uh, he would always win, of course. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and so he was discerning. Uh, later in their relationship if if he should join the priesthood. And my sister was talking about becoming a nun, and I'm like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> you guys are so crazy. They went to Fatima, like all this stuff. And um, I was like, this is, this is crazy. But my sister converted and became very strong in the Catholic faith and was just so in love with it. And I know she was praying for me all that time. And she gave me a book called The Faith of Millions, I think it was written by a Father O'Brien in, in the like 30s or 40s, so a really old volume. But I read that book, and I think it was geared for me, definitely, but for Protestants and the questions that they have and the differences between Protestantism and, and Catholicism. And I remember reading, I think I read it cover to cover, but the thing that really convicted me is um, the story of St. Tarsisius, who was a 12-year-old boy, I believe, who 
was stopped. He was going, he was taking the Eucharist um, to some people, other people in town and some other little boys picked on him and bullied him and wanted to know what he was carrying. He wouldn't give it up. And they beat him up, beat him to death. And I was just so convicted that there's no way a 12-year-old boy would die for a symbol, for a piece of bread that's just bread. No, that 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 is our Lord's body. And then everything just fell into place. I mean, there was still a lot of learning to do, of course, <laughs> and I'm still learning, but I could not escape that truth. And then looking at it from that standpoint that, oh my gosh, this is all true. Holy cow, the, the traditions of the church are true, not just the scripture, because I grew up with sola scriptura, and seeing the richness of the Catholic faith, the beauty, the depth that I had been searching for, it was like just, oh gosh, it was, it was wonderful. And um, so I converted, went to classes, uh, and actually took some RCIA, but then uh, was schooled face-to-face, one-on-one with um with uh, Father Louis <laughs> from Our Lady of the Rosary in downtown San Diego. And that was, oh, he was, he's so wonderful. He's still there. So, okay, that, so that I, I converted. He performed um, or celebrated the Mass where I got to um, receive communion and be confirmed and all of that in San Diego. And then shortly after that, I moved to New York to start work at the ballet. Um, and I've been there ever since, been here in New York ever since. But that is not the end of my story. No, no, <laughs> no but I have to stop you. That story of that 12-year-old boy, um, it actually brought tears to my eyes. And I'm I'm trying to remember if I if I know that story, I'm not even sure if I know that story, but, um, wow, how just powerful. I mean, I still, it, it, it evoked an actual emotional response in me because of how it, it, it spoke to you so deeply and, or, or just the realization of no 12 year old boy would die for a symbol, but that's our Lord. And there are so many saint stories that people have died protecting the Eucharist. Yeah. You know, uh, it's just beautiful. Anyway. Okay. So you have moved to New York. What, what made you decide on New York? Was this a dream job for you? I mean, I can imagine. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Um, I, I went to school for theatrical costuming and I loved ballet, and I had been taking ballet for many years, and it was a dream of mine to work at the New York City Ballet costume shop. And I was quite audacious. And when I was, my sister was already in New York. She had gone to art school, had graduated. And so it, would, it was going to be a very easy move, an easy transition for me to go and stay with her and get a lay of the land and... Um, that's what I was planning to just 
get my feet wet. Like, go to New York, see what happens, see if I can get a job. But before that, when I was still in San Diego, I emailed the director of the costume shop there uh, at the New York City Ballet, Holly Hines. And she's, I sent her my resume and I was just like cold, just emailed her like out of the blue said, oh, hey, I'm moving to New York sooner. I'm going to be visiting New York. And and um, I would love to have some advice on to where I should start. Like, are there costume shops? Like, whatever. I don't yeah. know what I was thinking. But she was so kind. <laughs> she was so wonderful. And she said, you know what? We have an internship here. Would you like to come and be an intern for a couple months before our season closes. I'm like, let me think. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) So I went out and um, learned the shopper position. um, And uh, let's see, learned the shopper position. And then she, the shopper was going to be leaving. She was getting married. She wanted to do design work. And so when she left, I asked if I could have, that job I know how to do it now and I know the garment district and all of that and so Holly said yes and I've been there ever since wow yeah yeah it's it's wild when I think about it just the the risks that I took back then I hope that I am um confident and courageous enough to keep doing that because that that's pretty I look back and I'm like, good for me. <laughs> good job, Kelly. Good job. <laughs> that, or yes, just, that's big. I mean, you went from coast to coast. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, New York City Ballet, that's not, uh, it's not some small thing <laughs> to just yeah. walk into and say, okay, what can I do? Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. So you are, where are you in your faith at this point? Being in okay, New York. So- yeah, um, I had just converted and um, was living with my sister, and we were going to mass on the weekends and all that kind of stuff. But life in New York really got in the way, especially after my father died. So I was there for, let's see, did the shopper thing, went back to San Diego for the summer, came back. That's when I converted, yes. And, um, my father died the following Palm Sunday and we, you know, we flew home, my sister and I flew home for the funeral, all that happened. And then it was just like the bottom of my life. Just, it was like the rug was pulled out from under me. I was devastated. My father was, was such a, of course, you know, he was a wonderful figure and I, I did kind of put him up on a pedestal. He was so smart and so loving and so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had just come back to um, practicing his faith because he had been away from it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. He used to ride a motorcycle on Sundays and say he was visiting the church <laughs> to the open road. But um, he had some difficulties in his work and went back to church with my mom. So they were united again and in, in, um, going to the church, and that was wonderful. But, um, so, okay, so he died, we went back, and I was just lost for a while, and, you know, dated, and made some decisions that I probably, I look back, and I 
don't know if I would have made those same same decisions if my father had been alive and if I had been able to bounce things off of him and get his opinion. So long story short, I got married in Vegas and, um, you know, outside of the church, obviously, mm-hmm. I was Catholic. My my husband my was Catholic, but we just like spur the moment. I had known this man for, what was it, six weeks before oh, wow. we did, got married. So, yeah, not the best decision, decision, but I really loved him. I thought, you know, this could this could work. Um, down the road, though, uh, did not. There was some alcoholism involved, and um, I made the decision to leave and um, was not practicing my faith, was not looking for help from the church or from a pastor or anything, was just completely relying on my, my own devices. And that was, it was a mess. Um, divorced. And then there was, I, there was another man who I thought I was in love with, who just would bend, bend over backwards for me, ended up getting married again. But this time I wanted to do it do it right. I'm giving air quotes in the the church. He was not Catholic, but you know I was, and um, he wanted to do that for me. And um, again, not making the greatest decisions was, you know, kind of made the appearance of doing the right thing because deep down I wanted to, but I was a mess. That was too fast. I was not healed. I was still very guilty over the first, over my divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt like no one would ever love me again. So, oh, well, I, this this man does, clearly. And um, that marriage ended up, uh, it was my fault. I I should not have gotten married. We should have been very good friends, but... Um, that's that's the decision that I made. That's the the place I was in at that point, mm-hmm. and I de- I decided to leave. And he was hurt, devastated, and it took me fast forward ten years of therapy. Really worked on those issues like my father dying and um, just getting healthy again. It's a long time, 10 (laughs) years. Yes, yes. Um, And I was away from the faith. I I had dabbled a little bit in coming back to uh, some Protestant, some non-denominational churches because I knew I needed God. I knew that I couldn't do this on my own. But I don't know why, but there was this hesitancy to come back to the fullness of the faith, I don't know if, if I just didn't feel like I was worthy. That was definitely it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that was the main issue ding, 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 that I was ding. working on. Yeah, <laughs> that I was working on in therapy was mm-hmm. the feeling of not being enough, of having just screwed up beyond belief, mm-hmm. and I don't deserve it. Right. So, I you know divorced twice just dating and relationships and, you know, enjoying New York, but being just having this, this emptiness inside that I was like, no, I'm not, not going back to the church. Nope. 
But two years ago, I took a trip to London and Paris, and I met this wonderful man. <laughs> Would you believe it on Tinder? A uh, wonderful London Londoner who was a man of integrity. And I don't know how, but he made me, he highlighted the error of my ways. And we went out a couple times. I came back home to New York and I was just like, wow, this is a man of integrity who is, is struggling with his faith, but he is doing his best. He is, he is living it. He wasn't Catholic, but I was like, it kind of kicked my butt to look, just look, shine a big old light on the way that I was living my life. And I went, I am a mess. I have been living, every, doing everything on my own. What have I got to show for it? This is a mess. I am broken. Look at these decisions I've been making, the relationships I've had, the boyfriends, the dating. God was not in those things, and I needed God. And so I came back to the Catholic Church. I did a Google search, <laughs> and uh, I remembered when I first came to New York, there was Franciscan community at 31st Street, and I loved the Franciscans and their confession, which is another big, oh gosh, huge part of why I love the Catholic Church. So we can get into confession later, because, yeah. oh man, I love it. So I wish everybody I go- could see your yeah. face right now, because I get to, I, I can see your face, and it, like, it's, you're just so animated with joy right now. It's oh, I'm just loving it. it. Like I have a huge smile on my face because I know you can't see me, but I yeah. just it's it's beautiful. Okay, so Franciscans, this is why we love the yes. church. Yes. So I um, did a Google search and found that there was a parish halfway in between where I live and my work, and it was a Franciscan parish, 96th Street, Holy Name of Jesus. And I went there for confession. Mm-hmm. And it had been probably seven years okay. since my last confession. And I was like, holy cow, am I going to remember <laughs> the prayers? I don't even know what to say when I go in. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. I went in there. And um, I love when it's face-to-face. I mean, it's cool mm-hmm. when it's behind a grill, but I love when it's face-to-face, especially with this father. So I sat down, and the father, Father Larry Hayes, oh, he was just so compassionate, so loving, so welcoming, so merciful, and I knew that I was home. And even at, at the end of it, at the end of confession, I told him, you know, of course, beginning I had to tell him how, how long it had been since my last confession. And at the end of it, he, he took my hand. He said, welcome home. Oh. And I was just like, 
Yeah, I was crying. <laughs> I was going to say, are you crying at this point? Because uh, yes. <laughs> second time in our I mean, conversation, the whole way. I was like tears. Yes. <laughs> the whole time I was just crying, the weight that was just lifted off of my shoulders. Oh, I could breathe again. And uh, he was just oh, such a wonderful conduit of God's love and mercy. Like, I really... Priests are amazing. Mm-hmm. Praise God for Christ. good priests. Oh, yeah. So, been attending that um, that church ever since, and have been involved and in going to daily mass. I have a wonderful group of of friends that we celebrate daily mass at uh, seven, and then we go have breakfast together. Oh we call ourselves God. the Breakfast Club, and um, just being able to connect with people who are living their faith like that on a daily basis is so encouraging to me. I was just with them this morning and um, asking them for their prayers to help me out today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, that is, that's where that's absolutely beautiful. You know, if anybody has listened to this podcast um, very much, I talk about confession all the time. It's that sacrament that I love, but, I hate going. I love going. I hate going. I love going. It's a very... <laughs> um, My priest, Father John, I, I used to go every week because there was still a lot to confess and things I was thinking of. I was there every week. And then wonderful Father John said, hey, Kelly, have you ever heard of the word scrupulosity? And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I think I know what you're getting at. And... So he said, maybe once every two weeks, because by that point, I was I was confessing mostly venial sins. Mm-hmm. I was just greedy, Gus. I just wanted all the graces, <laughs> and I love confession. Um, yeah, so that's my story about <laughs> part one of my stories about confession. Oh wow! So so you're in the parish now, and mm-hmm. you have started surrounding yourself by the right people. And you're obviously truly living out your faith, not just checking the boxes and, you know, walking that pharisaical, I, you know, to do list or whatever. Um, So you had mentioned earlier um, when we first got started talking about your vocation and Mm -hmm. um, how we talk so much about our vocations being unique yet universal. So I know that together as my sister, we're walking seeking holiness, right? We want to become whole and that's what God wants for us. And that's, that's what he is doing with us on our journey through those graces and his mercy, making us whole healing 10 years of therapy. It takes Mm -hmm. a lot. We are all, um, we're all broken and, um, we just, like you said, we need God. Um, and that like the coming back to the church, so I've been back for two years now, and that really, yeah, I had, had done a lot of work through therapy on myself, but I needed to be recatechized in in my faith. There was still so much that I didn't know. I was unsure on some of the issues like abortion, homosexuality, these main things, especially, you know, they're so prevalent in New York society. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just look at the last abortion bill that passed and Wow. This, oh, devastating. Um, 
it's just everywhere. And so I, I still had a little bit of that, but praise God through podcasts and um, Catholic Answers Live and um, Matthew Leonard's Art of the Catholic. Oh, I think yes. that was the first podcast that really was so accessible, mm-hmm. so joyful and so deep he's that great. really got me. He's wonderful. Really got me um, back into it without being like preachy or judgy. And I, I started, my, my perspective started to change after listening to all these people. And I, I, be, I was like, no, this is, this is true. Like sanctity of life, um, the dignity of life and um, uh, issues of, of um, same-sex attraction. Like this is, like the church is right. Mm-hmm. And I need to live those things. I need to live this faith in in my daily life. Yeah. So I live in a bubble, right? I live in Southern. I live in, I live in the South. I live in Arkansas. And it's a very, um, I live in the Bible Belt, actually. So there's a lot of conservative Christians here. And we, our kids go to Catholic school. I work at the Catholic school. We're pretty involved in our parish and I do this. I mean, I live in a Catholic Christian bubble, right? So wonderful. I know. It is wonderful. And I mean, now my area of Fayetteville is um, known to be hippie, a little hippie. And uh, I'm not against hippies. I love hippies. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm probably a little hippie myself. But um, we um, have a university here. So it's a little bit of a melting pot. So if I go outside of my bubble, I will start to see a lot more of that once I when we venture out of our little area of town. But um, still not anything how you are being exposed. Now, when you talk about the dignity of life and understanding that in a very, very deep way, the dignity of life, if you, you have to have that, you have to be so convicted of the dignity of life to be able to walk and do and do life with all these people. I, I would assume that I'm going to make a broad stroke. I'm going to make myself look very dumb here, but um, that in the ballet, in that world of arts and theater, you are confronted with many people who have chosen a different lifestyle, who've chosen yeah. to, to um, honestly accept the lie because, um, but anyway, I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but it, walking through that loving on people loving on people who have had abortions who are considering abortions you know it's not just about the unborn child the dignity of life is about the person who is struggling with same-sex attraction and who is living out that lifestyle we know that when we are living in sin whether we want to admit it or not we all know this right kelly we all know this that we are hurting we may be masking it with alcohol or um, sex with a lot of different partners or mm-hmm. food or Netflix binges, whatever it is. Um, so tell me, how do you loving on these people? How do you walk that out every day? I'm assuming that you would consider this your vocation. Um, 
well, I think my vocation is is to create beauty. And mm-hmm. so that's what I do at, at the ballet. But I also want to create beauty in the relationships that I have with people yes. and support them and love them wherever they are. And, you know, working at the ballet, yeah, there's a huge range <clears throat> of interests and um, lifestyles for sure. But I... I, I love these people. Yeah. They are amazing artists and amazing friends. And I just want to, I want to be able to support all of my friends in a beautiful and loving way. And I guess like live by example and encouraging and just being that loving being that loving Catholic in their life. Mm-hmm. Like if I want people to know that I'm Catholic and I want them to know, I want, I want to be able to be a, a conduit for God's love to them so they can see, no, the church is not judging. The church loves everyone and calls us all to chastity, no matter what state of life we are in. Mm-hmm. Whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we are same-sex attracted or not, that we are all called to chastity. And I, you know, my journey through that myself, um, it, was a, it was a big struggle. And I've been given the grace. And I think especially through all that confession and daily <laughs> mass, to be able to live in chastity and purity. And, uh, you know, it's so easy to fall. And I, I never want to judge someone because I can't judge someone. I, I look at what a mess I was. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to be that loving person, that Catholic person mm-hmm. that they can go, no, not the church is not like that. The church is not, does not want you, you know, is not pushing you away. We, we include everyone. Like, I, I want that. I want to be able to convey that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I work in the women's department, um, so it's it's mostly women dancers that I am in contact with in the fittings, and that's my favorite part of the job. And sometimes we get to talk a little bit, and I was surprised to find out the um, the amount of Christians in the company, and some Catholics even as well, and. They have Bible studies, and they support each other and encourage each other. And to be get to be able to be—I'm not speaking very well today. No, you're doing to great. be pl- <laughs> to get plugged into that. To be to have access to these wonderful women who are living their faith and their and their artistry. That beauty um, is is such a gift to me to mm-hmm. be able to support that beauty on stage that can be transportive and can bring the audience, I hope, not just to see the beauty of of the choreographic work, but the beauty of God behind that. If I have just an inkling of of sparking something of that in someone's mind, that is, oh, my job is done. That is is it. I'm done. I love that. I love that you see, I mean, God is beauty. Right. That yeah. is that is at the 
basis, at the basics of our faith. And if something has beauty in it, then that means God is in it. He is at the yes. root of it. And, yes. and of course, um, Satan gets nothing new. So he's going to take God's beauty and his truth and his goodness, and he is going to distort it. But that yes. doesn't mean that innately in it, there is good. And so um, God, I love that. I love that that's how you see your vocation. Beauty in the materials, beauty mm-hmm. in the people. And you have such a, a lovely disposition. You, um, you're going to be that voice, that, that welcoming place for others to feel comfortable when someone is struggling and maybe thinking of, okay, my life feels empty, but Kelly, she's, she's so full of something and I want that. And I hope so. Yeah. And, but that's, that's what I see in you. That's what I hear in you. Um, You have this joy that comes from God and everybody wants the joy of the Lord, whether they know how to articulate that or, or they're so lost and in darkness, they, they can't even see it. They, I I know. I mean, I've, I've been there. It's, it's, Mm. it's not a place of judgment. It's a place of empathy. I, I know, and I understand, and I'll probably be there another day, Um, you know, but anyway, so you are encouraging other women in your job. Is there a particular woman that has encouraged you in your life um, to be who you are today? (laughs) Oh, so many, so many. Well, of course, my sister, who was praying the rosary for me all those many, many years for me to come back, she actually, she prayed, and she has a very special devotion to the Blessed Mother. Mm -hmm. Um, She prayed that a man would bring me back to church. (laughs) And and I don't think she meant for it to happen in London. (laughs) Or, Or, you know, you have to be very specific. (laughs) Yeah. To be very specific when you do your prayers, because it's very powerful when you pray to Mary, ask Mary for her intercession and her help. And um, yeah, so my sister definitely. And coming back to the church, there are some older women who have really been welcoming and and encouraging and strengthening to me and supportive of of my daily life. Um, So... I, there are just there are so many, and of course my mother, um, who, even though she's not Catholic, she is a woman of of great faith and integrity, and I I hope that well, I hope she comes to the full. I pray for, you know, for mm-hmm. her conversion, for the fullness of faith. But she has taught me so much about what what it is to be a woman, a strong woman, and that can only happen through reliance on God. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, she's a, she's a wonderful model for that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Too many, too, too many. I women. Know. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah. Well, and um, I know you're blessing others. So I want to share <clears throat> as we finish up here, I want to share from 
um, my readings this morning in the Magnificat. And as soon as I read it, it's uh, it's actually Psalm 95, verse 2. And um, it's like, oh, this is this is this is so Kelly right here. Okay. And um, so I want to I want to share it. But at first, I want to thank you for being um, open to doing this this interview. Thank you for sharing how the Lord has worked in your life and being a beautiful example of a child of God willing to go back to the Father and allowing him to love on you. You know, there were several points in your story that oh, I know what it was when you said you found this parish in between your home mm-hmm. and your work. Yeah. And, and as soon as you said that, I just thought, wow, what, what a sign that God was with you every day. Every day on your way to work, you passed by your Savior mm-hmm. in the Eucharist. Every mm-hmm. day as you came home, you passed by your Savior in the Eucharist. You know, your, your salvation was with you every day. And when you were ready... And when it was time, you opened the doors and you walked in. But he was there the whole time. I just love yeah. that visual of um, God never left. God mm-hmm. never left you. He was always waiting for you to open those doors and come back home. So anyway, and that was beautiful. So just thank you is, is really what I want to say. Thank you for being a beautiful woman of God. Thank you. Yeah. And you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So this is the scripture that I want to share that has your name written all over it. And, and honestly, it has all of our names written all over it. And, and this is the promise that the Lord has given us. Um, Come, let us sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. All the readings right now, these Lenten readings are about salvation. And um, that's what that's what we're all here for. And um, Kelly, thank you for being here and welcome home. Thank you, Becky. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Thriving in the Trenches. I have hope that it will have encouraged you in your journey and that you will know the love of God even more intimately. Please share this podcast with a friend on your social media pages or leave a review in iTunes. You are welcome to join me on our Instagram or Facebook group where we can grow in friendships. Thanks for coming. Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.